Unnecessary Roughness with 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the national championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, T.J., the Lions go to Chicago. They get drubbed. And it's more, to me, it was more what the Lions did to themselves instead of what Chicago did. It was penalties. It was turnovers. Uh, and it was it was missed tackles. It was missed block. It was it was everything that the Lions could possibly do wrong. And you just it wasn't everyone on every play, but you went down the line offensively, defensively. There were major issues. And now that the Lions are nine and four, yes, they still have a two game lead on the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. My question is, is is it time to panic? Hmm. I feel like we went through this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Lions are, I mean, okay, they, they lose um, to Green Bay at home. They got yeah, stomped at home. Yeah. So that was a different level of panic. That was they, a Thursday game. It was a little, yeah, it was different. They um, respond with a win down in New Orleans. Yeah, I would say, uh, I would say no panic. No, um, certainly concern, you know, concern that your team kind of laid an egg like that in December against a four and eight team. I know it's a division team. It's on the road. I mean, those are always kind of. Those are always tough games, right? You could tell the Bears kind of took that game personal. They probably felt like they should have won the first time yeah. um, they matched up. Um, concerned. You know, I think it's been a pattern now. Um, and, and the offense played, you know, a pretty good game last week in, in New Orleans. But really three out of the last four games, you know, this offense has looked just out of rhythm, right? The passing game specifically has looked out of rhythm. Um, the turnovers have been – a problem, a major problem. Look, I think the two interceptions yesterday didn't affect that game much. First one was basically an arm punt on a fourth down. Right. Last one's at the end of the game, right? You're down two scores anyways. Who cares? The fumble killed him, though. The fumble was the absolute changing point in that game. You're coming off of, um, you know, a silly penalty where you gave him a free touchdown, you know, on a play that they're just trying to probably draw you off sides, take a delay game punt. You make a mistake, they make you pay. Uh, very first play, you get the ball back with a chance to answer. You fumble a snap. Uh, that was the uh, that was the dagger in that game. It felt like. Um, so my concern, and look, there there's still different parts of this game where usually after a loss, your mindset is just kind of just throw away the tape, man. Let's just get back to work, right? Let's get back on page. I don't think that's the case this week, especially with the defense. I feel like even yesterday, with you know how bad the game kind of started, you know. Um, yeah, I, I still feel like, down and scored on the opening I, drive. Yeah, I still feel like the defense made improvements yesterday. You know what I mean? I feel like they 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 were doing a much better job in coverage. There were certainly a lot of plays where Justin Fields looked confused and he's kind of looking around and he's bouncing around. He can't find anybody. He's either throwing out of bounds or maybe getting a late sack. The pass rush looked better. Uh, you know, there were some adjustments there where we're rushing, you know, five guys online of scrimmage trying to create five one-on-ones, right? Um, we certainly saw guys like Hutchinson have have some good plays. We saw John Kaminsky for the first time yeah. in a long time really, uh, you know, 
see his hard work start to pay off. Um, so I feel like there was some good performance. Melifonwu, a guy that got thrown into the starting role, they decided they wanted to give him a look over Tracy Walker this week. I thought he played a good game. Had a Jaylen huge – Reeves Maben continues to make plays on defense. Um, you know, so you feel like there were aspects of that game where you don't want to just throw the tape away and forget about it. You feel like there were some still some positive things that the defense did that you could build off of. Um, however, my concern lies with this offense. Um, the passing attack to me looks not broken, but it looks bent. It looks like there are issues going on in the passing attack. And whether that's drop passes, whether and that's not on Jared Goff alone, drop passes, wrong routes, wrong alignment, right? Not knowing where you're supposed those all play factors into the passing attack. I don't think it's just on Jared Goff, but I think that other teams, it's starting to feel like defenses are starting to understand what the Lions offense is trying to do and they're doing a better job of stopping us than we are still finding a way to execute and it's, no, it doesn't seem like there's an adjustment and it really started gosh probably a couple of weeks ago the first time we played the Bears where you know the, and look the stats back this up I don't have them right in front of me but Jared Goff throws to the middle of the field more than any other quarterback in the NFL by a large margin you know um Teams are starting to figure that out a little bit and jam-pack the middle of the field. And I just haven't seen enough adjustments on ways to try to get the ball outside. And look, I'm not I'm not counting quick wide receiver screens that you throw out and, right. and try to pick up some yards that way. I'm talking about just a regular go route down the sidelines, just a regular, you know, eight-yard hitch, a regular 15-yard hitch, you know, something that's working the outside. Uh, so you're not clogging up the middle of the field. It looks to me when I watch the passing attack, especially in person, that everything is so congested. You know what I mean? Everything's between the numbers. Everything's crossing routes. This, we got a guy at four yards, and behind him, we got a guy at 12 yards, and then, you know, running a deep post behind. Everything's like kind of in the middle where the quarterback doesn't have to move his head too much. It's just right in front of him. And I think teams are doing a good job of adjusting to that. And I haven't seen the Lions find ways to execute at an efficient enough level to kind of force teams away from doing that, right? We know that the the run game has still been effective, right? Yesterday, I think it was 90 eight yards in the first half, yep. you know, I think 140 you finished the day with, um, but the play action game just really got nothing out of that. And really third downs when you needed to have it, a lot of those plays really weren't getting a lot out of those either. So my concern lies mostly with, with this passing attack. I think that there's uh there's ways that, uh, you know, you need to see Ben Johnson, you need to see Jared Goff, you need to see the receiver start to adjust a little bit more, um, you know, to kind of play that cat and mouse type of game. Hey, if you want to take away the middle field, great. We'll just start getting the ball on the outside. We'll get to the edge a little bit more. Those seem like easy adjustments from us looking on the outside in. I'm sure they're looking at the same things too, but that's that to me and that, that and the turnovers, it sucks that they're coming in bunches right now, you yeah, know, like because, yeah, because we had this, you know, we had this talk earlier where if you look at the totality of the season and you look at the turnovers, you say, okay, probably, you know, probably on par with other teams. Our issue is they're all kind of combined right now in the last four weeks that, yeah. that are starting to become a pattern. They're starting to become a trend. And, you know, this, this team's margin of error seems to be a lot smaller than what it was early in the season um, where this defense was holding teams to six points and, uh, you know, getting five sacks a game. Like that doesn't seem the case anymore. It seems like now one turnover or one aggressive fourth down call where you don't get it could potentially be the difference in some of these games. So, um, and the offense needs to play well for them to win games. I think we've known that. Jared Goff needs to play well for them to win games. I think we've known that too. 
And uh, none of those happened yesterday, especially in the second half. Second half was just abysmal. Yeah, I'm sure and, as you saw that on TV as yeah, well. Yeah, it hurt to watch. It was a painful watch, and some of it was protection. Some of it was, I mean, you mentioned that, and and the one thing that drives me nuts, I've seen offensive linemen jump off sides. Okay, that's it's annoying. It happens, but the center quarterback exchange that to me is is an unfor- unforgivable sin. Um, but getting back to just the passing, um, and and I, I know sometimes we can oversimplify things. I get it. And and again, sometimes this game doesn't have to be that complicated, but when you have a guy like Jamison Williams with his ability to burn, like the one thing that I don't understand is we're not using that speed in a number of different ways. One, we're not using it to just run by defenders. We saw DJ Moore do that to, to, to the, to the defense yesterday. We're not using him for that, but we're also not using the threat of that speed of, hey, J-Mo, we want you to drive as hard as you can for 15 yards. As soon as that corner turns his shoulders or turns his hips, you stick your foot in the ground, you come back to the ball. That, to me, seems like it fits Jared Goff to a T, to be able to throw it out outside the numbers to a guy that is selling speed and then all of a sudden comes back to the ball. I don't yeah. know why, and, and because, and here's the thing is I want the ball in Jamison Williams' hand more. He's a, he can be a playmaker, yeah. yet you target him one time. And I know you handed it off to him once, but, and it's also Jameer Gibbs. I know that he showed some success in the run game. What did he have? Um, it was 66 yards by both Montgomery and Gibbs. It was a six-yard average for, for Jameer Gibbs, but only four targets in the pass game. You know, three completions, and I know everybody gets on, you know, well, he dropped that one. Well, just because he drops one doesn't mean you can't come back to him. I think the number of touches for both of those guys, because they can be game breakers, needs to go way up. And it's a few more throws to to Jamison Williams, and it's being creative offensively in how you get Jameer Gibbs the ball. And I just, we heard um, Ben Johnson in, in training camp. Oh, you're going to be amazed at how many different ways that we can get Jameer Gibbs the ball. Well, <laughs> are I'm, you amazed? I'm still waiting for <laughs> yeah. that amazement moment. Yeah. And I know that there's only so many different ways you can do it, but there's different personnel groups. There's ways to get mismatches, you know, and, and sometimes it's, you know, you go in motion uh, and it doesn't even have to be him, but you find out, okay, are they in man coverage? Some tells. And then all of a sudden, you know, that a linebacker is on Jameer Gibbs. Well, put him in the flat, put him, you know, flare him out, get him the ball in space where he's one-on-one with the linebacker. I'll take those odds for Jameer Gibbs every single time. Yeah, you feel like there's got to be ways to force feed your yeah. playmakers the ball, right? And, uh, you know, Jamison Williams, I know that they, you know, the, really the only pass he got thrown his way was on an empty pressure and Jared Goff just heaving up a prayer. Right. Um, you know, and he didn't get a chance to get his head around and locate the ball. I mean, that's not a design play to Jamison Williams. Right. Um, that's just a... Hail Mary, hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully we can make it something yeah. or at least draw a defensive pass interference, something, yeah. right? Getting the ball out. Um, there's got to be ways to find – there's got to be ways to force feed these guys the ball, right? There has to be. I mean, you look around the league, uh, Tyreek Hill's getting like 15 targets a week. You think yeah. the other defense doesn't know Tyreek Hill's getting the ball damn near every play? Like uh, the Rams, right? Ross St. Brown. Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Those guys get the ball almost every play. Like they're still finding ways to scheme these guys open. You know what I mean? So there's got to be ways where you can design plays for – 
Amon Ra and for Gibbs and for Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams is the type of guy that should be getting at least five touches a game. That's how I feel with his speed. Because even if it's the first play of the game and you run a jet sweep, now guess what? At the rest of your game, every time you run that motion, guess what? Probably four guys on the defense are doing. They're probably biting on that jet sweep because yep. they just saw his speed earlier in the game. You know what I mean? There's ways to do that. And there's ways to do that to open things up for other guys too. So, you know... <sighs> You just look at it and you say, man, like, I, I know it's easy for us hindsight kind of, especially after a loss to say, oh, what went wrong? What ne- what needs to be fixed? There's just, it just feels like there's issues right now it, it, as far as, you know, finding ways to get, get your playmakers the ball more. And I think there was an adjustment made in the red zone that I really liked. You know, the first play was a kind of a little reverse to, J- to Jamison Williams. Right. Good play by the Bears. I mean, they kept him to a three- or four-yard gain. Very next play, you run a jet sweep to Amon Ra, right? Those are using your playmakers, right? If Amon Ra picks up the first down, you end up scoring a couple plays later. Um, but you look at it, you say, there's just got to be ways, right? If I'm Ben Johnson, I mean, that's that's got to be my number one uh, to-do list this Monday morning. How do I find a way to get the ball to Jamison Williams more, right? He had a play against the Saints where, you know, he was lined up in the slot, the Saints were running man coverage. He's getting pressed. He shook the nickel so hard. He ran just a quick over out, was wide open, probably would have went in for a 60-yard touchdown. Goff never saw him, yeah. right? That's fine, but you see that when you come off the field. Hey, look at this. Look at look at the potential here. You'd think that's something you would get back to. Say, next time we get man coverage, hey, let's look for number nine like he's toasting his guy. And even yesterday, I'm watching, and you always try to watch early in the game, how is the defense going to play us on third down? Right, third down, the Bears were running man defense, and they were bringing pressure off that. And if they weren't running man, it was no, normally a zone pressure. Um, you understand that? Hey, we use a lot of motion. The Lions use a lot of motion, right? We see Amon Ra go back and forth across the formation. We see other guys, Khalif Raymond, go back and. You don't just do that just to do that. You do that to gain information. Right. You do that to try to figure out is somebody going with them. If they're going with them, they're man to man. Hey, the guy's not following him. It's probably zone, or I'm probably getting a pressure look. Right. Light needs to click on there. You need to use that to your advantage. It does. It just doesn't feel like they're using it to their advantage where, hey, I know I got man. Boom. Now my eyes are going right there because I like this matchup, right? Or I get Sam Laporta with the linebacker and I know yeah. it's man coverage. My eyes are going right there. I'm utilizing him right now. It doesn't seem to be that type of uh, that type of rhythm to this offense. It's almost just, hey, we're just, I mean, it's like use yeah. that information, gather that information, use it to your advantage. That's a, it's almost a cheat sheet of trying to figure out what the defense is trying to do to you. And I just haven't seen enough adjustments off of those type of little things to say, hey, next time we motion you and a man follows you, we're running this play, boom, quick slant. Now we got to move. You know what I mean? Anything like that that can help your quarterback out too a little bit, giving him some more high percentage confidence throws and, and giving your playmakers chance to just go make plays. I just don't see – I th- and, you know, I don't mean to rant here. I have the, Another issue I have with this passing attack is – Jared Goff, for some reason, does not like throwing the ball up to guys in one-on-one coverage. You know what I mean? And there were a number of times yesterday, whether it's Josh Reynolds, whether it's Khalif Raymond, whether it's Amon Ross St. Brown, some of these guys are running deep routes and they're one-on-one. And Goff just now he wants to wait till he finds an open guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. NFL is about giving your guys a chance to go make, go a, make play, a play, right? Yeah. And heaven forbid, even if you don't make a play, that's probably a high percentage that maybe you're drawing a pass interference, maybe you're drawing a holding call. You know what I mean? So there's there's obviously seems to be some little areas that both you and I can identify to say, man, how can this offense get back on track? Um, those are some small things that have just kind of been bugging me a little bit for the last couple of weeks to say, man, like. You know, it's not, it, 
doesn't feel like it's that hard, right? It doesn't feel like it should be that hard to make those adjustments to try to get the ball into your playmaker's hands. Right. And so my question, going back to the whole motion and giving us information, you know, pre-snap. Now, everything can change after the snap, but you get some good information. My question is, and I think Jared Goff is a smart quarterback. I think he's a very patient quarterback, uh, and I think he's very confident. Um, and in saying that, do you think it's more Jared Goff not taking that information and utilizing it, or is it Ben Johnson not seeing a this is this is how we lined up, this is the personnel group, this is the motion we ran, and this is what they were doing. This is the down and distance. It combining all that information for the next set of downs or the next series. Like there, there, there seems to be a disconnect, and I can't tell if it's Goff or if it's Ben Johnson, because at the beginning of the year, we were all talking about, oh, Ben Johnson's doing a great job of of getting receivers open. Amon Ross St. Brown, how does he keep getting open? Well, once you close down the middle, now you've got to use utilize that more of that information. Is it Goff or is it Ben Johnson? <laughs> I think they know exactly what they have with Jared Goff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they know exactly what they have. They, 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 they know that pro- things probably need to be perfect. We need to have a good run game. We need to have a good play action game. We need to have great protection, um, right? Like, I, th- I think they know that. And I think we know that too, right? I, I don't think that's some surprise where, no. you know, we've seen a, a couple of snippets of Jared Goff where things go bad and he, you know, finds a way to make a play. But that's not his identity. That's not his MO, right? It's got to come from clean pocket. It's got to front come from clean releases, from clean routes, right? Everything's kind of got to be perfect. And I think they know that. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say that necessarily as a knack on Jared Goff. I just think it's reality. I think it just is what it is. Um, that in some ways, I think they do know that they are somewhat limited in what they can do in the passing game. Um, so I, I go back and I say, you know, obviously, you know, Ben Johnson can certainly put him in positions to make easier throws, to make higher completion uh, higher higher percentage throws, right? Easy throws, especially early in the game. How do I get this guy in a rhythm? How do I get him confident? How do I get Jared Goff to the point where we've seen him um, a lot this season, you know, get the ball one, two, bam, balls out, right? He's confident. He's comfortable. He's reading the field. He's, he's getting the, he's trusting the protection. Boom. Now he's delivering the ball. Um, that's where he's at his best. And that's where Ben Johnson's at his best when he finds ways to get him into that rhythm. When you have games like you've had the last three out of the last four games where defenses are making it tough on you, something's got to give, right? Something's got to adjust. And now is that Ben Johnson or is that Jared Goff? I tend to lean more it's Jared Goff. I tend to lean more, hey, this December football, this is about finding a damn way. This is about grinding it out, and I don't care if they've got the best defense for whatever play we're running. I still got to find a way to make a positive play here, right? I just don't see enough of that uh, consistently from Jared Goff. And I think that Ben Johnson does try to help him. I think, you know, how many third and tens do we see? And, you know, Ben Johnson knows what he's got with Jared Goff, and he just calls a quick wide receiver screen and hope they can get some blocking and pop one. You know what I mean? Like, I think that kind of, I think that kind of, I think that kind of writing's on the wall when you're seeing a lot of, and it's not just once, it's a lot of times during the game where it's just, okay, we don't, I don't want to put too much on the quarterback. Let's just get a quick wide receiver screen out. Maybe let's mask it with some motion and formation and just get a quick wide receiver screen out, right? That, that to me isn't a, isn't a quarterback that they necessarily trust to go out there and just read the pocket and make a play. You know what I mean? So I think there's a, I think there's a limitation there. Um, And I don't want to turn this into a, you know, a bash session on Jared Goff. That's not what it is. Right. I think you and I are just, you know, 
we're, we're talking reality here and it's just, you know, that's, that's the way it is. Things need to be perfect. So things need to go really, really well for this offense to function at a high level and for Jared Goff to function at a high level. And they've hit a bump in the road, you know, three out of the last four weeks offensively, you know, they got to find a way to figure it out because the next four defenses you play, Hate to break it to you, a whole lot better than the Chicago Bears are. Right? You go, you go against Denver with the, you know, and play like that. They're going to smash it down your face. We see Minnesota. I mean, they just shut out uh, a, a team. Yes, Dallas. I mean, Dallas manhandled. You got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. You know, you got to figure it out because you're going against some much better defenses to finish the season off. All right. So you just mentioned things got to be somewhat perfect for for golf, and th- that's not unusual for a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL to have really good success. Um, One of the things that has to go really well for Jared Goff because he is immobile in the pocket is protection. Now, and and we've never accused Jonah Jackson of being a great pass protector. Uh, Frank was out this past week. So you put Graham Glasgow in there. Owasika gets a start at right guard. And Penny Sewell is as good as they come in practice. But we saw uh, Taylor Decker bull rushed. It's one play. I'm not going to sit here and throw him under the bus for getting bold on one play. We've, I'm, you and I have been in that situation before where you just can't drop anchor and all of a sudden something ha- bad happens. But Yeah, you hope the ball's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throw it, throw it! Um, but, I mean, is pass protection an issue with this offensive line? And we don't know when Frank's going to be back. Hopefully he's back this week, but we don't know. It's a shorter week. It's one day less. Um can they get it done as the offensive line stands right now? Oh, uh, you would hope they would, and they've proven that they can most of the season, right? Um, I just think anytime you get into these type of games where you're down two scores and now we just got to start throwing the ball, like this offense isn't designed to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? This offensive line is not designed to do that, and especially in a game like yesterday where you're down really two starters, right? You're playing a backup center and you're playing a backup right guard. You're down at two spots. Uh, it kind of throws off the rhythm of the offensive line a little bit. You know what Jonah Jackson at left guard, and you know probably Taylor Decker at left tackle, you're not getting a whole lot of help today, right? right. We got to slide right. We got to help, you know, Awasika a little bit. Like, that's just nature of, I think, a play caller. Anytime you have a backup, you want to tend to uh, lean to help more. Um, so that throws off kind of the rhythm of what you're used to, right? Um Certainly, that that's not an excuse. I think it just is what it is. And the offensive line, look, I think that it's fair to say, you know, probably now two out of the last three games um, it hasn't been good enough. You know what I mean? Is it good enough for maybe some other mobile quarterbacks that can kind of get you out of some danger? Probably. But for what this team needs, when you need a clean pocket with a guy like Jared Goff that – ain't the most mobile type guy getting out of the pocket and moving around. Uh, it, it hasn't been good enough. And, you know, and, and is that unfair? I don't know. Um, but they've proven that they can do it. You know what I mean? They've proven that they that they are probably a legit top three, top five offensive line in this league. And when you're getting the games like that, you got to find a way to win. You got to find a way to, you know, keep your guy away from the quarterback. Certainly think bad things are going to happen every once in a while. But um, I just think that the whole rhythm of this offense has been kind of thrown into a funk uh, really the last, yeah, like we said, three out of the last four games where you're forced into playing the type of games that you don't want to play. Bears aren't a team that you want to go throw the ball 35, 40 times against just dropping yeah. back and just five, seven-step drops the entire time. You don't want to do that against these types of things. And you don't want to do that against any of these teams you play uh, for the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, the, this, I, I think it would be fair to say, John, that 
for the expectations that we have for them and for the expectations that they have for themselves. Uh, the offensive line probably has not played up to those standards as of late. Um, you know, and they, they know that. I think they do. I think they'll be the first ones to tell you, you know, they got to clean it up and do a better job because they know, you know, this passing attack relies on the most important thing, which is protection. And we got to be damn near perfect if we want this to happen. And they've shown they can do it. I know that's a very high bar to set. Um, but that's just that's reality of where they are right now. Okay, so Saturday night, that game got flexed against the Denver Broncos. They're going to play Saturday night, prime time. Uh, and here's what Denver has done. They started out one and five, and then they've won six of their last seven, and here's their wins against the Green Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Minnesota Vikings, the uh, Cleveland Browns, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Their one loss was to the Texans that was on the road. Yeah, and they're playing really they had a chance game. to beat the Texans on the last play and rush their own interception too, by the way. So that could have easily not easily, but that that could have been a win uh as well. This is a team that they're playing tough football. And Sean Payton, you know, I remember after that uh one in, you know, five start, he mentioned what the Lions did last year. He mentioned what Dan Campbell did in the second half of the season and said, you know, the Lions went eight and two their last 10 games. You know, that's kind of our inspiration right now. We've seen it happen before, right? And um, he's done a nice job of turning that team around. I mean, Russ is is playing good football. Um, he's he's not the most mobile guy that he used to be, um, but he still throws a damn good football. You know, we've been watching some of that game yesterday against the Chargers, and and uh, they beat the Chargers' ass. I know Justin Herbert got hurt in that game, but, finger. man, the their, the their defense is uh, – they're playing at a high level. And really all season, I mean, you know, just going on 7-point, 17, 12 – 29 17 you know 19 i mean this is a stingy defense it's a good defense they they've got some guys that can cover they got some guys that are going to hit you too i mean i don't know if their one safety is going to be back it seemed like he got suspended for the rest of the year after yeah. he's on everybody uh was it kareem jackson i want to say yeah uh, but they've got other guys justin simmons safety they've got patrick sertan a guy that's going to make it tough on your passing attack um your offense better figure it out, man, because it ain't going to get easier. This isn't a game where you come off Chicago and you say, oh, at least we got these guys coming up. There ain't no get-right games left on this schedule. No. This Broncos team is coming in uh, w- with bad intentions, and they're going to try to embarrass you on your home field on Saturday night uh, in front of your home crowd, in front of a national TV audience. Um, Sean Payton and, Dan and Sean Payton and Dan Campbell, that's going to be a storyline all week, I'm sure of it. Um, look, I, I this is the reason why earlier in the show I said I'm not hitting panic mode yet because I've seen the mental fortitude and the mental toughness of this team and the resilience of this team over the past, I call it 23, 24 games now, they find a way to bounce. They find a way to bounce back. You know what I mean? They just always do. It seems like every time we hit kind of one of these where, oh, it's back to reality. Up oh, here we go. You know, oh, they look like frauds. They find a way the very next game to come out and kind of shut everybody up, right? They did it two weeks last week when they went down to New Orleans, uh, kind of had one of those bounce back games as well. I have faith in this team that they can find a way to figure it out. I do, right? I do. I think that they've earned uh, that leeway from us to say, you know, when when things get bad, we're not getting down on ourselves. We're not listening. We know the, the sky's not falling on the outside. We know what we have to do. We've done it before. We're, we're, we're fine with being down in the mud and everybody kind of throwing more mud on top of us. That's fine. We're going to find a way just to go back to work and figure this thing out. And that was Dan Campbell's message, I think, after the game yesterday. You know, they're not happy with the way they've been playing. They know that. 
They know that they're making way too many mistakes. Um, they know that their margin of error is probably smaller than what it was early in this season. But honestly, I think that this team might have needed a game like that to kind of wake them up a little bit, right? To kind of get that urgency back, right? To, to say, okay, guys, right? Maybe get knocked down a peg. You know what I mean? There, we've all been through that where sometimes your best games, sometimes your best efforts come off of after you've been humbled a little bit, right? And uh, they've shown that they can do that. I mean, they, they haven't lost back-to-back games you know, since what, going back to week seven of last year. They always find a way to bounce back. And I still have faith uh, that they're going to find a way to do that this week. It ain't going to be easy. They're going to have to change some things. They're going to have to figure it out on a short week, uh, nonetheless, where maybe you're not getting as much physical practice as you will, you know, the mental preparation. Um, But I have faith in Dan Campbell. I have faith in Dan Campbell. I think he's earned that uh, over the last, uh, you know, year and a half. And I think this team has earned that. And, you know, the best thing to do after a game like that is to just work your ass off and get back on the field and take care of it next Saturday. We know that. So uh, I'm excited to see what, what this team can do moving forward. That's the best medicine. Uh, and so we will uh, hopefully by the end of the week, uh, we'll get a chance to uh, give you a preview of that Denver game. Uh, and if not, we will certainly see you uh, on Monday morning following the Denver game. Thanks for listening to Necessary Roughness.